Alrighty, welcome back to episode four of The Student Rant. For this episode, we'll be talking about note-taking. Note-taking is a pretty important part of our student lives, obviously because it helps us learn from lectures better, helps us revise better, and ultimately helps us for our exams. So in this episode, we'll be talking about a multitude of topics regarding note-taking. So we'll start off with the age-old question, paper versus laptop. Then we'll go into a bit more depth on types of note-taking. And then since I have seen a pretty big turnout of the use of laptops as a note-taking method in my school, I'll also dive into note-taking apps. So this is episode four and hope you enjoy. There are a variety of methods for note-taking, and I'm sure you know this. Obviously, there is no best way to take notes because it does depend on the person. Some people prefer to be more creative, some people like as much structure as possible, and there are obviously people in between. So before we actually get into the types of notes, I want to quickly touch on the age-old question, paper versus laptop. Now, There are benefits to both methods, but basically using paper would be the better option. So let me just back this up. Using paper will actually help you understand what you're writing down while you're writing it. But however, when you're using a laptop, you actually type a lot faster than your brain can process what you're actually writing. So if I could sum, I guess what I just set up, I would say using paper is better if, for example, you're tighter on time, you know, or you get distracted easily, or you love to have complete control over formatting. So obviously tighter on time. Why do I say this? Well, since when you're using paper, you actually absorb the information while you're writing it, there's a lot less time that needs to be put in to genuinely memorize it. Whereas, for example, with a laptop, you're writing a lot faster than your brain can process. So when you're memorizing, you're exactly you're essentially memorizing off a clean sheet. You have no original information of what you've written down. Whereas when you're using paper, you've already absorbed that information while you're writing it. So it's a lot less time to actually spend in your own time memorizing. Now, getting distracted easily. Obviously, this just when you have a laptop, you have access to the internet, all that yada yada. But obviously, if that's the case, you would use a you'd use paper instead. And love complete control of for, over formatting. Well, when you use paper, right? Obviously, there is no restrictions. You can do whatever you want. But when you use a laptop, no matter how good the software is, there's always restrictions. So there's always some people who love to have. I guess, complete control over their formatting and make it look as good as possible, basically. And, you know, if that's the case, usually laptop is not for them. And paper is also a pretty good option. But obviously, I guess in this middle scenario, I would definitely say, I guess, using iPad would also be pretty good because I guess it does combine. It's the best of both worlds, I would say. But um, yeah, so onto the laptop, if you prefer to learn the material at a lesson, you'd use a laptop, have more time willing to put into your studies, or want to get down as much as you possibly can. So if you prefer to learn material out of the lesson, obviously use a laptop because as I said before, 
when you're using a laptop, you're not actually absorbing the information the first go. You're just chugging down everything from the lesson mindlessly. So basically when you get home or when you have time, you can just learn that information for the first time in your own time. Now, secondly, have more time willing to put into your studies. Now, obviously, if you're tighter on time, you wouldn't want to spend extra time out of your lessons. Instead, you would want to learn in the lesson. And the third one is, you know, you want to get out as much as you possibly can. So when, you, when you're taking notes, right? Notes isn't always meant to just be a complete regurgitation of, I guess, the script that the teacher or lecturer has, has said. But it's more so getting down the concepts, getting down the main concepts, the main ideas, and getting down uh, certain facts, which you know you can be tested on, right? So some people are really good at selecting the information that's necessary, but others, you may have a lot more trouble figuring out exactly what you need. And then sometimes you miss information that you need. And other times you write down on focus a lot on information that you don't need. So if you don't actually trust yourself with getting down the right information, I definitely would suggest just using a laptop so you can just jog down absolutely everything you hear in the lesson. So now I want to go over the main methods of note-taking. So the first one is the outline method, the second being the Cornell method, and the third being the mind map method. So starting off with the outline method, this is most often the best method to write down everything and in a format which is structured enough to understand. So basically, the method boils down to making headings, subheadings, subpoints, and substructures essentially so that everything is structured all down and all down to the very uh, minute details so that you know what everything links to. You know what everything eventually leads to. So that when you're by the end of it, when you're looking at your notes, you can see where this information can take you. Now, this is often not the best method, for example, to see the whole picture of what you're doing. And that's, that's essentially where the mind map method comes in, and I'll get into that later. But now let's go on to the Cornell method. So with the Cornell method, if you can keep up with a lesson, you know, and there isn't too much information being thrown at you, I think you should go with this method because it is relatively safe when, you know, when you don't have too much information just getting thrown at you at once because it'll help you out with understanding and memorizing. With the Cornell method, you write down what is being taught and then you write a question following it relating to that information which helps you retain it better. Making these questions during the lesson usually is the best because you still have yet to fully soak in the information, meaning that you can remember or recall this information through the question. And this brings us into the idea of active recall. So I really want to talk about active recall, especially with the Cornell method, because they fit perfectly with each other. So as I said before, you want to, instead of memorizing the information as essentially information, you would rather want to memorize it as a question. And the main reason for this is because that's essentially how you're getting tested. You're getting tested on your information by answering a question. So basically, by remembering this information through questions, you're better preparing yourself for an exam. And usually, because it's active recall instead of simple regurgitating, or I guess answer, essentially answering a question, 
it's a lot easier for your brain to memorize it because you're actually taking a lot more effort to get the answer out rather than just simply regurgitating the information, which could simply be by, for example, memorizing a pattern. These are common things that your brain actually does. So the main reason you know you would use Cornell method is essentially, once more, if you, you know, can keep up with the lessons, so there isn't just too much being thrown at you, and you're able to first write down the information, then rephrase it in a way that you make it a question. And a simple example of this can be, for example, with an atom, right? So you could first write as normal information, the atom is made up of protons, neutrons, and electrons. But you would then rephrase it into a question like, what are the components of an atom? And then, you know, another example could be the same with an atom. You would have an information saying the proton is heavier than the neutron. So then you would rephrase that into a question asking, what is the difference between the weight of a proton and the weight of an electron? So hopefully you can see, I guess, the main usage of the Cornell method. And, you know, I would technically say that this is the best method for most people. But then again, it is still up to preference. So the third method is called the mind map method. So this method is pretty simple. It's essentially the outline method, except it presents everything in a mind map format. And the benefits of this is that it gives a very good overview of the topic. I recommend that even if not used for taking down notes, you should try and make it while revising to help present your information in a more concise manner. Making a mind map of your notes while revising will essentially give you a diagram with links, which can be memorized to understand the better picture of the topic. So, you know, this method is definitely beneficial more so for um, after like the lesson, but I still would say using it during the lesson as if some people prefer to be much more visual learners, right? And prefer not to lose the forest from the trees, as they would say, and see the whole picture of a topic, which I would say is very important, right? Because for a lot of people, as you know, as more information and like more chunkier topics are taught, most people tend to get lost. Most people start to, you know, focus on a lot more of the minute details without seeing the bigger picture. And usually it's the bigger picture that gets tested, right? The more surface level information. And, but seeing, obviously seeing how stuff links is usually the best way to understand the bigger picture. Now, the outline method, the outline method obviously does do that, but it's more so, you know, with text and the mind map is much of a, more of a visual thing. And, you know, so once more, this is up to preference. I would recommend using the Cornell method, but obviously using the mind map method, I, I would say you would use if you're more of a visual learner and the outline method, it's just the best method to write everything down and get it in a relatively structured manner. Great. So now that we finished talking about note-taking methods, I want to talk about note-taking apps. So after seeing the heavy usage of laptops for note-taking at my school, I think it would be also good to talk about note-taking apps. The main note-taking apps that I've heard of and used are Notion, Evernote, and OneNote. With each of these three, I've taken the time out to use each one and look at the different areas, such as the user interface, multi, the multi-platform accessibility, you know, the freedom of formatting, and restrictions. So let's start off with the UI. With Evernote and OneNote, the UI are very open and allow for flexibility. 
Whereas Notion is, is a bit more structured, but still has room for flexibility and customization. So with Evernote and OneNote, I know majority of people use that. So with Evernote, it's obviously a paid service. So there's much more, there's some benefits that come with the paid version, like, you know, more imported data and such that. But with the user interface, it has a lot more freedom. Now, I would like to just preface this by saying with Evernote and OneNote, there really isn't too much of a formatting difference. Obviously, like the hierarchical structures and the organization in like Evernote and OneNote is actually pretty different. So with OneNote, you're able to organize books into subsections and then keep going multiple times. However, with Evernote, you only have a subject and then you can have a book inside it. So there isn't too much organization potential, but with OneNote, obviously there is a lot more. So if you know, if we were to compare these two, I would definitely say that OneNote takes the cake. It's free, unlike Evernote, and it has a lot more flexibility, I would say, when it comes to organization. But when it comes to like essentially taking notes and putting in images, they're practically the same. Now, with the user interface for Notion, which is what I consider to be the best one and the one that I do commonly use, I would like to say that Notion's interface is a lot more strict in a way compared to Evernote and OneNote. But it obviously does have, like, it does have a decent amount of room for formatting and customization. But where Notion does take the cake is when it comes to its organization. It has an infinite amount of organization possibilities because you can have books, you can have pages within that, and you can have pages within pages, and you can keep going with that pattern forever. So basically, this allows you to declutter your information, declutter your notes so that you can organize everything perfectly and make it a lot easier, I guess, to see exactly what you're learning and go into depth and not get sidetracked with or overwhelmed with the sheer amount of information, you know, that you have in your notes. So, you know, with the user interface, I would say use OneNote or Evernote if you want the next best thing to paper-like formatting freedom. But if you feel like you want more structure, right? And you want it to be a bit more organized. I would say probably use Notion. The user interface is is really good, I would definitely say. And there is a reason it is pretty popular. It's been backed by many, as we call it, productivity gurus like Ali Abdal and Thomas Frank. And yeah, I would definitely say using Notion would be pretty beneficial for students. But you know, if you want a lot more freedom and like, for example, you're more of an art student, and you need a lot more freedom with your user interface to be able to write notes or draw artworks or whatever, then it would definitely be more beneficial for you to use Evernote or OneNote. So, you know, once more, I'd say this. It is up to preference, but definitely I would say in general, for students, it would be better to use Notion. And that wraps up episode four of The Student Rant. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you learned a lot more about taking notes, different ways of taking notes, and potentially different apps to use if you do use a laptop. So thank you for watching. Hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you in the next episode.